As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of your next favorite movie podcast. See, I want to get that screwed up already with introductions. But anyway, we'll, we'll, guys, we'll record it. We'll record it. No, we're, we're <laughs> we'll, we'll dub it. <laughs> it's me, Chris, we'll it. and I'm here with Chad. Chad, hey, what's up? And then today we got some great guests, returning guests who was actually our favorite that we had a great conversation. Yeah, conversation with last time. Talk we know you're cool. starstruck right now. I just be back that's, on. So that's, that's what's right. happening. I'm so excited. Right. Yeah. Will, you're going to um, have to turn your camera off. They, they can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll turn my back around. There you go. We'll do it that way. Confession, guys. Uh, so anyway, so we're going to have uh, these two guys introduce themselves like we did last time, and we're going to catch up. So how about we just start with either one of you guys? Uh, Will? I'm going to start. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hey, uh, I'm Alan Dunford. I am the co-writer of Pocus Hocus. Um, And yeah, we, we came on before we had such a good time and we decided that, you know what? We'll we'll reach out and maybe see if they want us back again because we kind of talked about it and they followed oh, through. And stop. Uh, yeah, now we're here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, I, I guess we'll get more into it. So I'll go ahead and stop that for right now. Okay. All right. Will, go ahead. I am Will Radford. I am the uh, co-writer of Pocus Hocus, and um, I am here uh, with Alan to talk about Parasite. Uh, among other things, Parasite and also the fourth issue of Pocus Hocus, which is coming out very soon. And I'm very excited about that mm-hmm. also. So, Well, we appreciate you guys for coming on and doing this. I wish Josh was here again so that he yep. could also be part of this because he would just absolutely like you guys a lot. I'm just, I'm just going to take it personal now because he's, <laughs> he's over <for> 2. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, Josh, what are you doing? You're missing out, buddy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I think the last time we talked, like I said, we were talking a little bit earlier, you know, trying to catch up a little uh, just between us. But sharing with the audience, I think the last time we talked was in February. And at that time, we were at what? Issue 2? Is that correct? No, we were, uh, yeah, so we were launching Issue 3. <laughs> issue three at the time okay yes yeah because we launched that at the end of january and it ran through february okay yeah so if you can catch us up on again just for new listeners of course and then also for uh old listeners who are still with us of course explain us about this story and where we're at now all right will you are so much better at this than i am (laughs) (laughs) well our um our hero our protagonist uh pocus hocus has sold his soul to demons for actual magic powers to become a famous magician, which he has. Um, And the reason he did this was to impress his uh, father, who was the world's famous magician, that's Richard Hocus. And uh, the night of his big opening show, after he sells his soul, uh, his father passes away. So that's sort of the start of his beginning to regret in Faustian tradition, beginning to regret his selling of, of his soul. And uh, he has been hit with a very strong moral dilemma now because the demon that he sold his soul to has returned and has given him a dilemma, has not a dilemma at all, actually has basically demanded that he help him uh, retrieve five souls after the demon in question uh, murdered five of his uh, demon colleagues in a gambling a card game <laughs> gone wrong. We, we promise that. this the story is actually really funny, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've been enjoying it. And one of the things I really like is that it's also been kind of like a quick read for me because I, I don't know. I've been reading comics for a long time. So yeah. when I read the dialogue, it just it's easy for me to kind of jump and all this stuff. But as I'm doing it, I'm also not just seeing the art, but I'm also picturing it as like a movie or, or a short yeah. in my head. And it's just kind of smooth. It's really well written. And I'm yep. just enjoying how 
the personalities of these characters interact with each other. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of like what Will said, we're, we're pretty much picking up uh, issue four picks up right where issue three left off and issue three begins where issue two left off uh, where Pocus's assistant, Emily finds out that Pocus sold his soul mm-hmm. and issue three just follows their journey uh, into hell to go straight to the demon there. She doesn't want to wait around for him. And yeah, she's such you know, a strong character and like she's the one that yeah. keeps him mm-hmm. focused if you will so yeah, focus, focus, focus. <laughs> yeah. yeah whenever will and i were writing emily i, I think that was something that we we kind of set out the gate like we wanted one strong character that really kept everything together and we didn't want emily to fall into the stereotype of the assistant really she's kind of the one that's in charge yeah for, for a lot yeah, of respects absolutely. and we wanted emily i guess to kind of what would you what, what would you think uh, to take the reader's perspective on what what is this idiot doing <laughs> yeah uh yeah pretty much slowly but surely i think mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's been the fun of writing that character too, is that with each passing issue, we are integrating her story more and more into the main arc of like the storyline, you know? Um, and it, like, it, it's, it always kind of started that way because she was, it, we, we knew in the first issue that she was going to be in the background, but that she would play a much bigger part later you know going forward and we always just really like that dynamic the idea of like you know you see a character and you maybe notice and then later it's like oh that's the character from the yeah the <laughs> right yeah there's the, nothing like seeing a, a strong progression too for the character and seeing where they okay, go so i don't i'm interested to see where her journey is going to go as well because i know there's going to be some changes for her. obviously she's stepping up her game and it's going to be quite interesting. And I got to give props to y'all's artist again, by the way. Um, can Belanda. you share a little? Yeah. Can <laughs> yeah. you guys share who your artist is a little bit and how that is going as well? Uh, yeah. So our series artist is Brian Milando. Um, and then the colorist is Jason Smith. And both those guys work so well together. Oh, and so Brian, guys. yeah, Brian is better than what we could ever ask for. Um and I, I think a lot of that, though, uh, Brian's also very humble, and he gives us a, a lot of credit for the script. But uh, really, he he takes our ideas and he makes them better. So he even edits as he goes. He's like, uh, hey, I think this would look good. What do you think? And we're like, yeah, perfect. Like, uh, <laughs> if he thinks something's going to look better or flow better or read better, I mean, who are we to stop him? You know, yeah. uh, he, he definitely is uh, – he's awesome to say, to say the least. And then how Jason brings everything to life with the vibrant colors. And even when he shows the muted world in black and white, like I, I I think that we, we have something special with these guys. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's such a, and I love like how the colors are. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very like a wizard of Oz effect. Yeah. like the movie and stuff so it's really cool to watch that as well yeah <laughs> uh, so that's like a perfect segue for the next thing i was actually about to bring up um will said this before on another podcast and uh I, obviously i'd love for you to talk about it again now but uh will pretty much said this issue was a very important one for us in, in a lot of respects so will do you want to go and take it away from here yeah no i think well i think it was a really important issue because it's finally like you know issue two is is more than just exposition but um it's finally that point where everything feels kind of like released so it's like okay we've set we've set the stage it's like you know we've set our stage with our backstory we've set our stage with our reality present moment and now we get to like really go off and explore the farther reaches of this world so um I don't like to use the expression like, you know, there's, there's, you know, more action in it, even though that's technically true. Um, But because it's, it's not like that, that, you know, that there's just more fighting and then that's it or something. It's, it's the idea of just going deeper and deeper into this, into this world and Mm -hmm. into this story. And issue three really lets the, um, I mean, really lets sort of lets it all out. I feel like. Right. And yeah, then and issue the four, out of the bottle. <laughs> yeah, out of the bottle. Yeah, I mean, it really does. And issue four doesn't uh, doesn't really let up. I mean, a- after that, I think you know when we get to issue four territory, um, we're pretty much we're pretty much in that world, and we're we're soaring through it at this point, um, which has been a lot of fun for for Alan and I. Um, it's just 
so much fun to go there imaginative like creatively and imaginatively oh yeah that's so usually at, the fun part and then <laughs> yeah oh yeah but you got yeah. things established and it's like oh man now there's a lot of i can just mm. get right into this. It, it's funny because um you know and i can't wait to talk about there's something that happens in issue four that we wrote when we were writing issue one and we we built this this huge elaborate piece around it ultimately mm-hmm. um but one thing that i i find funny is whenever you really go back and start dissecting your writing and what you were looking at uh issue three was actually it, the whole plot of it the the big chunk of it came about well they're going to hell how do we get them there okay cool we already have our box from issue two we can just right. use that perfect what are they going to do when they're there um how do we how do we get them from point a to point b um and, and make it make sense because we don't just want to throw them in there and then be like okay cool go uh we we wanted things to happen we wanted the excitement to be there and all of that was actually it came about because of one joke that will had <laughs> and the joke was wouldn't it be funny if they killed some demons and wore their skin and then ran into the mother later and that was Okay, cool. So then we had that. We thought it was hilarious. We hoped other people found it funny. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> so so we built that joke, and then we just expanded on it. And that because of Will's one joke, we have issue three. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's so yeah. Good, I mean, isn't it kind of funny how sometimes the most random thing can suddenly be, mm-hmm. yeah, the seed that you need in order yep. for that plant to grow and right. And and that sprout. Yeah, and that sprouted to us having the Hellcat. And that yeah. sprouted. I love us that to- cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, oh we got one of my favorite well, sequences. I'm gonna say that's the other one that I, the other animal that I really like. Oh, we can talk all about that because no one cares about Pocus, Emily, the demon. It's all about horse. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, horse. Oh yeah. my gosh. So exactly now, like, how is the campaign now, and where do we go from there? So. Like what is uh how does things look? I guess you could say going forward, and is there anything new we should know about? Yeah, so um, Will and I have kind of kept this under wraps for for a while now. We um we actually got picked up by Source Point Press. Um, so yeah, flight yeah, That's where we yeah. Got <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we we were very uh, humbled, excited nervous every emotion you could probably think of um because it just extends focuses reach you know to a, a very larger audience mm-hmm. um so i i it's it's hard to talk about it right because uh it's it's still kind of surreal because this is our first comic book we we launched the campaign for issue one literally this time last year right will mm. wow. yeah so it was, we're, uh, if not right at this time it was close yeah, we're we're pretty much just like a year into this whole thing, mm-hmm. and it seems like it's moving pretty fast and in a, and in a good way yeah. for us. Yeah, well, it's about it. It's kind of like uh, all things happen at the right time, mm-hmm. and you guys deserve this. You guys have worked really hard on, and we've seen. I mean, and you guys have noticed obviously because you run the campaign, but you guys have seen the success of this campaign grow yep. each time, and that base keeps growing more and more, and you get more demand for like just other pieces of uh, new material. I get not, I would say necessarily new material, but new ways of being able to present this story. Right. So like, you know, maybe like trade backs or different covers, variant covers and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. I mean, there's a lot more people asking for, I don't know, I guess more, uh, more special stuff to it. And and that's, that's kind of surreal to us because I don't, Will, I don't think you and I expected like this to even get to this point. No, I, I think, well, I, it's, it's, I, I don't even think it was a case of like, we didn't expect it or we did expect it. It was just one of those things where when we started the idea of this going past, like, we were just stoked about the idea of getting a second issue done. (laughs) Cause it was like, it's like, okay, it's like, all right, this is really cool. We got our first issue of a, a comic book. It's, it's doing well on Kickstarter but it doesn't count until we get a second one <laughs> yeah. and, and let, and let people know that we're like serious. Yeah. And so after that, you know, when that went even better, it was kind of like, Oh, Oh gosh, this might, this is like, 
this is something, you know, and, and, um, no, I don't think we ever imagined anything quite, you know, quite like this. Um, that's amazing. We, we, we for the sake of storytelling and structure, we always had a direction starting out knowing where these characters were going and knowing where the, the general gist of the story was going. But as far as actually writing that far into it, yeah, it's definitely been a, a very like, awesome journey it's like the one area like the one segment of my life that i know is like optimistic <laughs> is when i hear news about you know pocus hocus or or you know any other project creatively that alan and i might happen to be working on at the time you know is that it's it things are going really well you know so that's that's like it's it's been awesome yep well, shoot, I hope you guys are saving all the clips from any kind of media attention it gets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're just taking it all of our refrigerator. Make a scrapbook yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, but no, and I, I got success. Oh, thank you so much. And oh, yeah. it's 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 driven us too to want to create more, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I can't imagine working on anything without Will because I, I feel like he brings out the, the best in me whenever I can't help think of structure and everything like that. Uh, Will really is a catalyst for, for helping my imagination just explode. Awesome. And um, yeah, it's just cool when you find that writing partner, right? Yeah. Um, and that led to uh, Grandma Chainsaw, <laughs> which um, that we're going to have an ash can of that, an eight-page preview that you can get on our Kickstarter and as well as Horace and Hell, which is an origin story for everyone's fang- uh, favorite demonic bunny. Yes. Uh, that's also going to be an eight-page yes. mini that you can get on the Kickstarter as well. Oh, so and th- is there a different artist for that, or is that the same artist? No, so uh, the if you get on the Kickstarter, uh, he's been there since day one. Uh, his name's Kit Wallace. He uh, mm. he does a lot Kit, of work. You do a great job, by the way, man. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yes, he does, yes, he does. Kit, the tone Kit, of the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kit, does, Kit does just crazy work. He um, He's working on Good Boy uh in a month got just a ton of other stuff the guy's a monster but he's done all a variant cover for each edition of pocus and um he he was actually pretty much the i think the catalyst for horus because he drew the first uh cover for pocus the first variant and he drew this little pink bunny on top of pocus's hat and we already had a rabbit in there and that was one of those things that just kind of evolved naturally we're like it's like yeah let's have focus this is the, yeah, yeah. This is the character <laughs> now yeah yeah so oh kit God. actually did the artwork for that and it's just you guys have had a chance to read it and it yeah. is uh we think it's a lot of fun we think it's wild uh, it's really quick paced action oh my god it, it adds it also just adds a little bit more to the lore yeah exactly and, you know um yeah. and it, of course now this character is going to be basically like y'all's brute character or yeah it's our mascot definitely yeah baby yoda like this is the character that's going to like going to get all the plushies yes yes you can imagine and then different faces different variants of plush ah i can only imagine yeah there's a lot you could do with horrors um and it's great i i like it it's a great addition to what you guys are Mm -hmm. telling it really awesome thank you you did an amazing job with the art we are, in, I think Grandma Chainsaw is something that we're ready for. <laughs> I'm excited for that, you see. guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You guys also got a chance yeah. to see the first eight pages of that as well. And um, we, it's the exact same team that's working on Pocus. So Brian, yeah, Jason, yes. Dave, it's it's everybody. Oh, it, we're, you know, it, we lucked out getting the team that we did. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, yeah, and Brian has always wanted to work on a slasher. So we decided to uh, <laughs> kind of pour in our love for Evil Dead slasher films things of that genre b horror movies and make grandma chainsaw i feel like (laughs) we're if we're talking about grandma chainsaw i I feel like it is a um whenever we're working on it it's like uh like an amalgamation of like everything that i've just been consuming in terms of media for the past two or three years (laughs) (laughs) because it's just i mean it's been like I, i i have take like if I if I were like in film school or something or doing some kind of you know scholarly doctorate thing, I think my thesis at this point would probably be midnight movies or cult horror movies yeah, because I've watched yes. so yeah, much absolutely. so much of them the past two to three years. Especially you know especially when COVID hit, that was my like comfort food, junk food is kind of a weird thing to say. But then it's like, you know, we we start with this idea, the grandma chainsaw idea. And it's like, it's like just all of that is just like 
you know, coming out in the form of inspiration now. Yeah, so right. it's well, you know, it's not just inspiration, but it's also saying thank you to those inspirations because right, that, yeah. you know that's what feeds the imagination and you know all art is inspired by more art if you will mm -hmm. and so what we do with it is up to us and i think that and i'm excited for this one i saw like i said we you know we got to see the previews for it um art of course is amazing as usual and uh i love that you guys are focusing on something way different yeah and i love that you guys are using an elderly character here <laughs> And I am just excited because I love when it's something unique and it's mm -hmm. and a character that's so different because you don't see many like elderly protagonists or yeah. antagonists for that matter. And um, I, I don't know. I'm just excited for it because I think it's yeah. something different. You guys, yeah. there's, there's obviously yeah. Yeah, there's a lot we want to talk about Grandma Chainsaw, uh, but we'll, of course we'll we'll save that for another time with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, it it goes to some places that we cannot wait for you guys to read. Now, is yeah. that campaign that's also going to right now? Uh, yeah, correct? so we're going to we're planning to launch that after uh, Pocus is fulfilled. Um, the, I guess the the hope is, because at the pace we're moving, we think Pocus will probably be done while this campaign's running. Okay. okay um, yeah. So yeah. then we'll be able to fulfill that very fast, and then nice. we'll launch another one uh, yeah. a little bit yeah. after that. Yeah. It kind of started as something that that we were like, okay, we're we're – we're going to allow ourselves to toy around with another idea. Now we think that we're solid enough in writing focus mm -hmm. that we can do that. And we just kind of started writing it a little bit uh, on the side and then it kind of grew. And, and now, you know, we're up to, I mean, we've got, you know, a full draft or excuse me, a full uh, outline for the second issue, you know? Yeah, so like, amazing. yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it kind of just took, I was kind of something I think we both, ended up figuring out we kind of needed to do uh, it, it's helped us with focus honestly because it, it was good to us, take a step back it's helped with like everything yeah. <laughs> it, it, it has it's you know it's been very therapeutic i've always wanted to do a slasher um whether that be like writing a screenplay for one or a short film or whatever yeah. um but i never had any good ideas for one and so like this one, this one is like uh, as good as it, I mean, you know, as far as slashers go for me, as, as good as it gets. I mean, this is like the best, you know, yeah. The, yeah. the best premise for I, it. I approached Will with it and I said, I, I want to do a slasher. I think I'll just want to call it Grandma Chainsaw. And he laughed. And that's when I knew it was a hit. Yeah. <laughs> I love it because, you know, because it makes me, I don't know, I guess when you put Chainsaw mm -hmm. in a title, it just automatically sparks because, yeah. I one of my other favorite movies, but I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. It's a little random. It's called The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. It's a 1994 seen, Australian film. I've never seen it. I'm I am familiar with it though. It's, okay, it's been one oh that's been recommended to me for years. So, like a little spoiler, but <clears throat> there's a scene in there where one of the characters goes into a video rental store. Mm. And she's like, um, "Excuse me, but." You guys have the Texas uh, chainsaw mascara, <laughs> 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 and right there, I'm sitting there going, "Okay, I want to see that." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, uh, and that's yeah. the thing—we're not shy about it either. Like even in the script, because uh, this is one thing I love uh, about working with Will: uh, his ability to write screenplays. Um, and whenever we write a comic book, we treat it like a screenplay. Mm. So, mm -hmm. if you guys were to ever see one of our scripts, it, it looks like uh, enter focus uh right. you know off screen oh, yeah. this mm -hmm. like it reads just like a screenplay would it, it helps with the flow of everything but yeah whenever we were working on grandma chainsaw even, even in the notes will you know he notated and said um you know uh reference texas chainsaw massacre yeah. yeah um and i don't know if you guys noticed it or not but our main character hayden in there He's wearing a T-shirt that has a '74 on it, and that's the year Texas Chainsaw Massacre oh, came yeah. out. That okay, sense. yeah, there we go. And that was actually an idea. We didn't write that in there. Brian, uh, he put that in there. He thought I it was funny. Remember, but is the car kind of similar? I don't know where he got it from, but the I mean, yeah. the car I think might be. Um, and we have not talked with Brian directly about this, but just knowing his taste and they, yeah. well, I mean, shit in our taste too. <laughs> <laughs> I think the car might be Evil Dead. Yeah, okay. it, it looks a lot okay. like. Looks like. I, I I could be wrong about that though. It no, it, it might not be cool, anything. Though. It I, might just be a, right. a, his. You know, just straight from his 
so it may be just my weird thing too because i'll sit there and try to think like who what you know i don't i don't look for the details and be like oh is this a reference to something mm-hmm. or, you know yeah, yeah you're, you're gonna see a lot way. of that like we have a couple nightmare on elm street references yeah too. there's yeah. an exorcist In- three reference like yeah like there, right, there's right. and uh, because like we that's that's very much like the language in which we communicate when we write it because like you know, we'll have ideas. And if, if it's not something that we're both aware of when we're, when we're talking about the idea right away, it's, it'll be like, you know, I'll be like, Oh, that's, you know, the ex the exorcist three, <laughs> or, you know, I'll say something. And then Al will be like, Oh, that's, you know, Texas chainsaw massacre, you know? And so we, when we are become aware of those references that, that helps creatively too, yep. to kind of help us like emphasize that more. Yeah. Really yeah, what better way to put you in that world too a little bit more yeah uh-huh. story you know because again it's that inspiration so it gives you a little more thought into the focus of being in, right. in the world that you're creating there because it's it's like oh yeah maybe in similar vein but you know this kind of adds a little bit more to what we like what we yep. enjoy <laughs> and that's something too that you know going back to focus that we really tried to capture uh with the demon you know yes. we yeah. we wanted him to be uh lovably despicable uh, because that we have sense. a demon that's a con man mm-hmm. and he's awful he's terrible and we we wanted the reader to be like god i hate when he's around but i also love when he's around too right and i think that might actually end up being the perfect segue for parasite yeah <laughs> yeah because like we're going on about all this stuff but yeah let's go let's go straight into it um we'll talk about we're talking about the movie parasite 2019 which is not that long ago, but it feels like it's that long ago because the you know, <laughs> pandemic hits and that it's already feels like a million years. Yeah. <laughs> So we know with Parasite, it's probably, I would say probably this century's like uh, Citizen Kane is probably what it's going to be like, I think, because this thing was universally praised everywhere. It holds, I know, like a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, even though I think that was just from a couple of rotten people who probably gave it a bad review. (laughs) Armand Um, White. (laughs) (laughs) And... uh, but man, talk about a beautiful movie, top to bottom. I think mm-hmm. with pretty much everything, including just the technical aspects, acting aspect. Uh, oh gosh, production know, design, production design, everything. You can go. Along yeah, I can't along. say enough good stuff about this movie. Um, um, but what made you guys choose Parasite? By the way, I, I we I I don't know if it's just uh, our our love for foreign film that also have had it but it kind of flowed naturally whenever we talked last time about pan's labyrinth yeah um and we were talking well i think you were the one that actually mentioned it you're like yeah another great film was parasite yeah well i mean it's one that we had watched uh like the that we had watched you know together recently also like just right before the oscars and had like a pretty strong reaction to it because i mean like i was still i remember i got yeah it was actually the night of the oscars that we watched yeah. it and uh i was still yeah well i mean i i was still like you know talking back and forth to to alan about it after i'd gotten home and was watching the oscars and everything and um just just you know peeling back layers in my brain about it and of of course then when it won it was like a huge uh like huge amazingly pleasant surprise yeah but yeah it was just one of those movies that that we just both you know we had a similar positive like similar strong reactions to it when it was over yeah and i can't wait to talk about a certain scene that happened where we both both audibly looked at each you know we looked at each other and gasped and was like oh my god oh it's crazy because like there's things in this movie that you know it feels like it's a 
just an enjoyable ride. Like you're just going to a, a vacation or something. You're like, you know what? This ride feels good. I'm enjoying <laughs> Look at this pretty scenery. And then boom, all of a sudden there's something that takes you right off course and you're like, oh yeah. my God, what the hell just happened? <laughs> yes. And, and after <laughs> it does, yeah. After it does that the first time, it doesn't really stop. Right. And, right. and, and that's, that's the, the point where like, I really like started to respond to it because one of my favorite movies of all time is adaptation, the Charlie mm, Kaufman, Mike Jones yeah. adaptation. And one of the reasons I like that so much is because it is impossible to predict. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> impos- impossible. And it's, it's always to the point where you are, it's, it's like almost, I almost want to call it interactive because mm-hmm. you're just like, it's, it breaks you out of passively watching it so effectively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for well, me, I that's kind of what Parasite did. It did that. And, and the, what, let's just go ahead and mention the scene. Cause I think we know yeah. it's when she, it's when the former housekeeper shows back up yeah. at the house and rings the doorbell and comes in and there, <laughs> there's this underground lap. lap. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's, that's the part where it's like, okay, we're not in Kansas anymore. You yeah. know, that, that pulls the rug out from underneath everybody and um it's hilarious by the way watching this movie for the first time with people i love it it's one of my favorite things (laughs) to do because that's that's the point where everybody looks where people look over at you and they're like (laughs) what is going on yeah yeah. is this real (laughs) yeah so and and that's the thing right like because the on the surface the the movie's just about this rich family um and they have uh, they have everything uh, but more importantly, they have help. And by help, I mean, uh, you know, drivers, yes. uh, maid. And then you have the the polar opposite of this. And it's this family that lives practically underground in the slums. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it rains, their house floods. Uh, you know, they keep their windows open so pesticide can come in to, to kill the bugs that are in the house. Yeah. yeah. They have to, uh, my, uh, of course, the toilet is probably the most oh infamous God. thing. That's in the, the weirdest, whole movie. And the weirdest spot yeah. to have it in, too. I'm like, yep. oh my God, they have to crawl up on that thing. And then, like, <laughs> so oh, it's an ingenious, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it was a set design decision or, or how that came about, but it's really brilliant because it's just, it just the way it's placed is just yeah. really puts everything <laughs> off kilter. And it's right. it's wild how everything happens too, because a friend of the son that lives in the slums comes and approaches him and says, Hey, I, I need you to pose as this. You're really smart. I need you to be a tutor for this rich girl while I'm gone. And whenever I come back, I'm going to ask her out all this stuff, which is, <laughs> right. which is kind of important for later. Like when you're watching it at fir- the first time, you're like, why does that even matter? Yeah. Um, and then the the son that lives in the slums slowly infiltrates the family and then gets people from his family slowly involved too to where the whole family just kind of tries to start taking over. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. It's one of like um well that's one thing what how successful this movie was too is that when it was first released it was like uh, it was very limited. However, mm-hmm. even in its very limited scale it was making really good money. Yeah. So then they were adding on more uh more theaters to its run and each time it got bigger and bigger and then of course there's the oscar effect mm-hmm. so the movie gets the buzz it gets the nominations it wins the awards including yep. like best picture best screenplay which makes sense for the screenplay yeah. <laughs> for sure best director um it's wild it didn't win best actor like we didn't have a best actor actress uh, yeah that. you yeah, know what i mean yeah. but you know they did went on to win best cast in a motion okay. picture for the first time at the screen actors guild awards oh okay i didn't know that um yeah. so like they were picking up that in some golden globe awards oh yeah and uh best international film was another mm. one too so that's kind of crazy how like they won best picture and international film and that's like that's huge for uh non-english language film i think mm-hmm. to win it's just crazy awards. to me that it won palm the palm dior and yes. Oscar yeah. because those are two institutions that i feel like very rarely intersect in that mm-hmm. way they yeah. they both stand for two completely different the unbiased way to say it i believe would would be two completely different qualities yeah. of like movie making um not necessarily good and bad quality it's just that they're they're looking for different qualities in films obviously can is looking for you know artistic um you know merit and weight and meaning and then with the oscars it's it's you know 
more of a I guess spectacle effect yeah um and so to so anyway to see a movie really just bridge those two in that way was what was incredible to, you know yeah. for me yeah and the fact is it was a historic moment right yeah well. and this really took uh international effects it did the same thing overseas where it just grew exponentially in terms of theater sales and everything um overseas i like i know in japan i think it was the biggest uh korean film in like 15 years or something like that for them i mean this one was uh this was huge for them over in japan too so it's crazy how it just had this huge effect but that tells you how successful it was oh yeah, yeah like and it's it's one of those that falls into the category of sometimes things can definitely be overhyped yeah uh but this one was hyped up for a good reason absolutely <laughs> yeah. it really was <laughs> It's not all it's yeah it's it's rare that a movie lives up to its hype I've I've seen that happen a few times in recent years you know pleasantly um so that is happening more often like yeah it happened with Parasite and it also I thought you know was the case with Lady Bird I really loved Lady Bird I I like I I I maybe I just I I walked into the theater not expecting to hate it but expecting to come out and be like man that was way overhyped but it was (laughs) but it was not at at all Uh, Parasite I had you know it was a similar reaction it was um, it was it was deserved (laughs) oh absolutely absolutely what makes Parasite a favorite movie for you guys um this movie and it's it's not so much on the nose um but it, it is what it isn't it's so strange for me to to say this but it definitely shows the disparity between classes yes um and it's it's shown a lot by uh expectations of what the expectation is to be rich the expectation is to be poor and how even the rich people it's it's weird to say this but they're stuck too just as much as the poor are stuck in that way yeah. in the system um and, and that's illustrated by the uh, the father of the rich family um they always make the joke and even the uh the boy the song he's the one that first mentions it and uh he, he's like they all smell the same uh and yeah. that's kind of like our first inkling to the uh, oh crap their cover is about to be blown um and it makes me think about that meme like it smells like broke (laughs) (laughs) and i just imagine the song just being a total jerk about it but i I think the movie's just a perfect representation for the class system and the disparities that everyone faces no question about it yeah yep what What about about you will Will? well there are (laughs) jinx chat jinx (laughs) there are uh there are a number of things um uh, the the first first and foremost it was something that i mentioned or it's something that i mentioned a little bit earlier that just the lack of of uh the, I, I i don't know if uh, it's certainly an original movie but i don't know if originality does it justice like the the lack of being able to predict what's going to happen um just the the idea that this this one thing happens you know near the midway point of the movie that really pulls out the rug from underneath everything else and sends it down this spiral of fascinating unpredictable storytelling that that's kind of like my bread and butter you know um so i that that's that's a big thing for me uh another thing is just the um just the level of restraint that the movie Mm -hmm. has um that there's you know there's there's you you just feel very much at ease watching it knowing that you're very much in the hands of a filmmaker who knows what he's doing where he's going with it what he wants to communicate with it um and and when whenever a filmmaker is making something and is that confident it really shines through in the movie and is just like a joy to watch so there's that aspect of it as well um and it does something that is near impossible for for film to do on several different occasions which is that it combines all of these genres together in a blender and it does it so seamlessly and the movie never feels uneven um that's like just miraculous like i i you know i don't i don't know many people who can pull that off so yeah it's it's the (laughs) very very strong i mean it definitely deserves its reputation and can we talk about when the guy comes uh when they talk about the song's trauma from a year ago uh, and the guy comes out of the uh, the basement, and while the song's eating the cake, and oh, how yeah. horrific <laughs> that scene is. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's terif- it's terrifying. But like, 
but it's also kind of funny there's like yeah. an edge of humor yeah. to it and that's yeah. kind of what i'm talking about where it combines these um genres like so effortlessly you know sometimes even in the same scene like that's really hard to do so. yeah well even like in the end like there's the or towards the end you know you have that party that i think was going on there and then yeah. like that's where some stuff was happening to characters that was like well i had to I had to kill him. I had to kill him. But then the one, you know, the brother, yeah. I believe, he ends up kind of surviving. You're like, right? How? Yeah. How? Oh, all yeah. And then, yeah. And then he's just laughing at all the outcomes that happened to him. And, yeah. and that's also just another metaphor too. Like it's just, God, it's just wild. And and I mean this in the best way possible. But the the movie didn't end when you expected it to. And usually, whenever mm-hmm. you say that, it's like, oh God, it should have ended, you know, twenty minutes ago. <laughs> um, you know, you thought that the movie ended here, and then it keeps going, and then you find out the father actually ran downstairs to live. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the the son now has this grandiose idea that he's going to go to college. He's going to make enough money to buy his dad the house, so the dad can just walk out freely. But we all know that he's not going to. They're just going to be folding pizza boxes forever. Yeah, right. And it's yeah. just kind of just it's it's hopeful in a sense that it's nice to know that he wants something better for himself but then it's also hopeless because they're just going to be stuck because of the class system that their society mm-hmm. faces them with and what better way yeah. to kind of show that even like and what it's so relatable i think worldwide in that regard because mm-hmm. i mean you look at even today of course like just going based here on the states because that's our our experience but you know you go to college you go and get a higher education you get a degree but for many, really, like the majority who ends up getting a degree, you're still, you find yourself still stuck in the working class. You know, there's still crippled with debt and everything yeah, else. There's so, still debt yeah. under your name as well for going. So, but yeah, that's the hopeful part is that you hope that somehow you can get out of it. But I guess if you're trying to be realistic, it's like, well, it may be a small chance, but you can probably somehow still survive i know that sounds like a debbie downer thing doesn't it yeah but i mean it's true right well i mean the movie i yeah definitely ends on a on a downer note and i think that um i seem to remember an interview with bong jing uh bong jing ho talking about that where he mentioned like that the the ending to it is definitively like pessimistic like that's that's the note that he's playing at that particular point in time since the movie jumps around in terms of genres and tones and things like that, um, that that's kind of where it, where it ends. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it is kind of the uh, downer um, and just by its nature, it's going to be a downer because the, right. the movie Very is nihilist. <laughs> well, and that's the well, thing, it like, kind of ends. At the, yeah. Yeah. yeah as we say, like uh, with the title itself, Parasite, mm. you know, I mean, I think the obvious thing is you see, like, obviously this uh, lower class family, invades itself if you will into this rich family to kind of just live off of them you know with their utilities and their expenses and stuff like that however the rich is also doing the same thing with the poor because they're pretty much leeching off of the poor in order to do yeah to to take them them to places to to make their dinner stuff like that um now one scene that i I did want to talk about um and it was so awkward and you needed a shower after you watched it but they're hiding underneath the table um because the family comes back early and the husband and wife of the rich family decide to get frisky and the stuff that they say to each other is so funny (laughs) because they're trying to talk she's trying to talk dirty and their idea of talking dirty is her you know doing stuff in their mind is what poor people would do right Mm, yeah because she's like she's like tell me to buy drugs you know like stuff like that it's just like oh my god and that wife oh my god some of the way that she was too like she was just so uh, oblivious for Mm, some reason you know ignorance (laughs) was bliss for her and she just seemed to not really get it but this family that was on the the poor family if you were the park Mm -hmm. i think they're the park family the park park Um, was was the rich family Okay, sorry. Park yeah. was the rich family, and then yeah. it was the the name of the rich family, uh, the poor family, also. Mm-hmm. But they were just smart. They were so calculated with how mm-hmm. they were just able to get in there, which is pretty crazy in itself. Yeah, because they did yeah. it seamlessly. 
you know, and then uh, of course the the, hum- the most humorous scene was, uh, and it's also dark comedy and the thing that Will and I love. But whenever they take the peaches and rub it on the servant's face yeah. <laughs> uh, to, to incapacitate her. <laughs> oh my god! That That's that right. whole sequence was just co- comedic genius, like yep. comedy yeah. of manners, brilliant. Mm, yeah. yeah. Mm. And then the way that they were like, "Oh, we got the place to ourselves." When the rich family goes out, and they kind of have that that moment of pleasure if you will that whole sequence right before she shows up the former housekeeper shows up is just like the most unbearably (laughs) suspenseful i mean it's so so tense and i'm not entirely sure i mean i i haven't studied the scene enough to know technically why that is like beat for beat why that is but it whatever is happening on a technical filmmaking level in that scene. Yeah. It just it's, makes it, it's, yeah. it's insane. Well, it, it reminds me a lot of, I guess you say, like, um, I guess I would say more like Solid Hitchcock to some it's, extent yes. because mm-hmm. he was really good about uh, revving up or having this really steady ride up to a buildup of something. Yeah. And walking a tightrope, walking on the eggshells and sorts. And like one of the big ones that come to me is like his film Marnie. I don't know if you guys ever saw that one, but there's a particular scene where oh, like the janitor, the janitors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For how they do that. Like I'm sitting I there even have... with my, oh, yeah. Was... Oh, I recommend it if you guys yeah. have a chance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there's a great scene. We each would call it the janitor scene. And the way he, he does it, it just makes you on the edge of your seat yeah um, so it reminds me a lot of that and orson wells was very i think calculating with his filmmaking as well yeah the opening scene from uh, touch of evil yes yeah <laughs> touch of evil yeah another one too so he the the i'm bad with names in this movie so i apologize but <laughs> oh wait yeah uh, we, we all butcher them. <laughs> um i want to be respectful and be like but this guy uh the director bong john bong john ho Bang Jong Ho. Ho. Oh gosh. <laughs> I know. I know. That's a know, typical yeah, white guy messing yeah. up. Um, he just was brilliant. He was brilliant with his movies. Yeah. So I, his style, like you said, his style was just very. Uh, he was very confident. He knew what he wanted, and you mm-hmm. could see that. You could see that yeah. in his work. The plan was out there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You always feel like you're in the hands of someone who, I mean, has like a trick. You know, tricks up his up his sleeve. Yeah. Like even before the the big reveal, of course, is that scene we just talked about with the um, the former housekeeper returning. But the whole movie just has this feeling like, you know, it's it's proceeding down this very calculated, planned road, and that you're going somewhere that's very. <laughs> yeah, that's well, true. Yeah, it's definitely a hallmark of suspense. You know, like yeah, they they you know. It, forces you to wait something out that you know is going to be a train wreck and you're yeah. just like oh god yeah. oh god and that's yeah. the beauty of, of some <laughs> movies that are like this because it definitely puts you on a ride mm-hmm. yeah and so for like two hours at least you're sitting there you, and it doesn't feel like two hours you're just like you're engrossed with what's going on so um whenever a filmmaker is able to deliver that kind of experience for me in that regard and it doesn't feel like oh, it's taking too long to get somewhere. Uh, I had to tip my hat to them because I'm like, yeah, you right. guys did a, an amazing job with this. This is exactly what I want in my movie experience. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the, there are a few things that are better about uh, better than going to a movie and having no idea where it's going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, this one because... definitely doesn't. <laughs> no, if you really think about it, that is a rare experience these yeah. days. And that's the case even with with good movies, with with some great films. I mean, there's some filmmakers who that's their point is they want you to know right out of the gate where the film is going. I I had that reaction when I saw Nightmare Alley here recently. There's a twist ending at the end of Nightmare Alley that I think Guillermo del Toro definitely wants you to know well ahead of time that that's where it's headed. I don't think he wants a big mystery behind it um, because he's more interested in the poetry of it and so on and so forth yeah yeah and so um the you know they're they're, so in other words there are great movies that 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 are like that also but um man when you get one that is just taking you on this ride and you don't know where it's going to go like this or i mentioned adaptation (laughs) or 
you know, anything by like Martin McDonough that just balances these a million different genres so perfectly, like in the same yeah. scene. It really is a rare treat to be able to experience that. So. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this was just kind of crazy because you had the thrills, you had the suspense, you had the drama, of course. Um, it, I was just really pleasantly surprised when I first saw it. I know that yeah. for sure. Yeah. And I was just, I don't know. I, I was enthralled with it. It was just amazing. And Pure I was cinematic really bored. Really at, <laughs> yes, was. it was. Yeah, I was really bored at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. I do know that. But yeah. I was, you know, and the crazy thing is in the back of my head, I kept thinking like, and there's no way it's going to win Best International Oh, yeah. Film. No question oh, yeah. about it. But there's yeah. no way Dude. it's going to win everything else. I was really shocked. But Very the fact shocked. that it, it won basically the majority of its nominations was, yeah. was amazing and historic. So I was like, yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Oscars, for doing this, doing the right thing. Right. But um, so here's another question that Josh normally also asks our guests. So we got to ask you guys. Um, if there was a sequel or a prequel that were to be made, what would you like to see? And who would you like to see in it? But okay. before we answer that, there's one thing I want to mention. So I read up that HBO is doing a limited series of some sort on this movie. Now, the rumor is that they got Mark Ruffalo and Tilda Swinton involved, which is a little weird for me because I'm sitting there going, this is, uh, leave, it, leave it to South Korea to do their thing for it. <laughs> right. Why are we casting a couple of white people here to lead this role of this popular movie when it did fine on its own and with the creators that were there behind it. Anyway, I digress, <laughs> but let's leave the question for you guys. What do you think overall? And yeah, how do you see this? Um, so I, I am going to add to this because Josh actually, uh, he messaged me privately about this and his, I have to read his exact message because it's it's hilarious. <laughs> Let me see if I could find it here really Josh, quick. you're in trouble, man. <laughs> okay, so he said, this was, uh, he said, hey, I was thinking, and you know this was going to be good. <laughs> For the recast part, Will, I'm going to leave this up to you because you are so much better at this than I am. He said, hey, for the recast part. We should do it as if there's going to be an American remake. I know none of us want that, just but for the sake of the show. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So I'm there throwing you guys a curveball. Josh, thinking the there head. There I yeah. <laughs> but I guess we could play that game, right? Like if there, yeah. you know, if this was an American adaptation, you know, if like which it kind know. of is going to be with the HBO yeah. thing. So it's kind Warner of our brothers segment. getting their hands on it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Will, oh. what would you think? Uh, Meryl Streep. Character. no that's i mean yeah there's no question i mean <laughs> yeah the greatest living actor of our time right. there's no yeah. question about it. you got to have her involved yeah i i'm not mad about mark ruffalo and uh tilda swinton i mean i think that would be pretty cool i i think that um i this is this is um tricky for me because normally i am very very much on board with the like you know leave it alone don't remake it thing also not you know not to mention uh, you know potential for for some you know films but there's the the potential question uh, and rightly so being asked nowadays about like appropriation and things like that um this one i think is a little bit different and here is why uh i think that this was a i mean this was a film made about capitalism Mm -hmm. and um it's not that i don't think it is effective at universally communicating those messages it is very much so um but i i don't think the idea of having a american um version of this that that is that is maybe more culturally attuned to like you know american subtleties and nuances and things like that is is awful simply because um so much of of so much of our our problems and our um just economic you know woes or triumphs are you know based around this capitalist system Mm -hmm. that we are you know right now especially i mean the whole world is at a tipping point of immense change i think and we're thinking about this stuff so i think that there is um there are things I think culturally to be said about America, uh, you know, in a remake like right. this, yeah. um, specifically because of like the capitalist angle. 
but yeah, I mean, like the idea of like, re- I, you know, I don't know, like remaking like Roma or something, right? <laughs> and, you know, in English would be completely. I mean, that it completely defeats the purpose, well, right? Well, that's kind of how it felt like, say, like uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo. Yeah, completely yeah. pointless. This is, like, this is completely pointless. You guys just did a shot for shot remake here, or the yep. remake of Psycho when they did it in '98 or something again. Psycho was an especially shot. strange one, and that was a mainstream horror movie experiment that no one figured out what it was about. I I, I don't even think Gus Van Sant even to this day knows what it's about. Yeah. Why why what the artistic motivation was to do that but mm-hmm. um yeah no i typically yeah re- remakes are a case of like leave it alone but like right. with this one i think maybe and if you've got actors like mark ruffalo and tilda swinton i mean it's not like well, they're, they're great they're, actors too yeah they're Don't fantastic actors you know yeah, it's fantastic. not like they're they're casting like i don't know uh you know machine gun kelly and <laughs> you know like uh, uh i don't know whoever the equivalent of i don't know i just know that if they can't like whoever they cast for lower class people they need to be fat people because wow <laughs> thanks, Chad. Class, thanks Chad. and you just have the dichotomy there i'm just saying man and fat i was Americans. actually gonna recommend um what, what's uh is it anya taylor joy oh, i was yeah, actually gonna yeah. recommend her for being yeah. the uh, the sister that comes in to pretend to be the art teacher that was, yeah, yeah there you go yeah. That role. yes yeah, she, yeah i thought she'd kill that she would you saw her in the gambit right what is it? I, that. I think it's the Gambit. Queen's Gambit. The Queen's Gambit. Yeah, yeah my, oh. my I, listen, Northman for me. So yeah, I, I, okay, yeah. I have not seen the Queen's see Gambit it. yet. I oh, watched the it. Queen's Gambit. Everybody tells me it's incredible. Yeah. I did go to the. I went to the movie theater. And Alan, by the way, I, I'm glad that you're here and we're having this conversation because <laughs> I've been meaning to tell you something. Uh, you know, while we're on this topic, Alan offered to let me watch uh, the Northman which he 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 owns he has the northman and um i a couple weeks ago after one of our right we were working on grandma chainsaw the outline i left your 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 house and i went and i drove to the movie theater and i watched the northman okay i wanted to tell you if you were investigating like your voodoo account or something like that i did not watch I did not take <laughs> I did not take you up on your offer, and I mean no disrespect. I just really wanted to see it in theaters. No, it's there okay. I have to change my password anyway because I yeah. bought Morbius out of morbid curiosity. <laughs> oh, okay. oh yeah. I could go into that too. That's oh, so Lord. different. Oh. Um, listen, guys, if you ever do a bonus episode where we just talk about bad movies, um, oh, we can set Will, it up. Yeah, we'll Will and I have watched every Neil Breen movie. I don't know if you guys have watched any of those. The Neil Breen nah. movies. Yeah. Well, what's oh. the title? Like, what's some titles? Oh, God. but it doesn't. Okay, if you Twisted don't know Neil Breen, you don't one. know the title. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Twisted Pair, Faithful Findings. Um, listen. Makes Tommy Wiseau look like. We're, oh God. <laughs> okay, so what we're gonna do one one day, listeners, hear us now. Whether they, whether Chad and Chris like it or not, this is what we're doing. We are going to do a role reversal. Well, where Will and I are going to interview them. Uh-oh. about twisted pair or fateful findings which ever <laughs> one they decide to yeah. watch there we go and i cannot wait <laughs> for the challenge I'm yeah for it. <laughs> yeah and we we will even throw out the uh if it were to be remake because no one can ever remake that masterpiece yeah. <laughs> it is lightning in a bottle yeah. parasite can but not yeah that, right? <laughs> right. Not, not twisted pair yeah but parasite oh my god yeah what do we get funny. ourselves into yeah, <laughs> a, a lifelong friendship, unfortunately. There you go. Yeah. Okay, so I know there's a pause, but I gotta ask this one too. Why should someone see this film? I I just think it's important. Uh, generally, I just I just think this is a, it's one of those movies that gets thrown around all the time. But I I think that this is genuinely an important film. And it lays this out so well that I, I think it, it puts it in it puts it in more perspective because something like Parasite, it it can happen and it does happen daily. I mean, maybe not to this extreme that that the ending goes to, but well, you for never the most, know. It could. Yeah, I, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but but for the most part, like I mean, it happens every day. We're yeah. we're all living it. Yes. You know whether we whether we want to admit it or not, and like. 
like you guys talked about earlier, uh, you know, g- given how everything's going now with like inflation, stuff yeah. like that, gas prices, of course, um, it's it, we're all just trying to survive. Yep. And that is the that's the premise of Parasite. It, even the rich people are just trying to survive to, to the best of their knowledge on what they have to survive, because there, there's always that weird disparity in uh, with people being too wealthy and, and they think that a hundred dollars will buy them one loaf of bread because they don't know how much it costs or how much it works. And, and then you have people that are scrounging for scraps of bread like they do in Parasite. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then you give them a hundred dollars and they can make that last for two weeks. Easy. Yeah. It, it's, it, it, it's, I just think, I just think it's important. I agree. Yep. I absolutely agree. Um, I would say that, uh, I mean, yes, I do think it is an important movie. I think it would, it, it, you know, one good reason to see it would be is that it's a good candidate for maybe helping some people transition into uh, being fans of movies with subtitles. <laughs> because yep. I know a lot yeah. of it, it is yeah. common, a common thing that I hear that, you know, people don't want to watch a movie with subtitles. And it's like, if you actually do, I think a lot of people who sit that who would sit down and watch Parasite would really just be like, you know, blown away by it and really pleasantly surprised by it because there is that one, I mean, that one scene that we talked about earlier really is important because that's the point where it makes everybody just, just it slaps everybody in the face, you know, gets their attention. Um, So, I mean, yeah, I think that uh, it could be a good candidate for that, despite the fact that there's an HBO remake in the works. (laughs) And maybe, hopefully, Meryl Streep does join in at some point. That would be great. I mean, Tilda Swinton with uh, Meryl Streep on screen, that would be interesting. That would be, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, before, of course, we wrap up some things and all, let's try to, um, let's try to get you guys promoting what you guys got coming up which we talked about of course and uh, a little bit of great length in the beginning but what are some links or places that you want people to know and they should go visit for your projects yeah so will and i of course are going to be sharing out the pre-launch link um i'm not exactly sure when this episode will air but we're we're hopeful to watch uh, launch pocus uh on the 28th of june so this month um and yeah so you can follow me on twitter at chaps of fury um, and then, of course, Pocus Hocus Comic at gmail.com is always a good place to reach us. And, of course, just following us on Kickstarter, um, because that's the best way to get all the project notifications and when this thing's launching. And sign up for that, you guys. Yeah, do it. <laughs> I did. No, thank you. Will, what about you, man? Yeah, just pretty much uh, all of that. And uh, Instagram, I if you want my uh, if you want to find me on Instagram, it's uh, at will rad a2 w-i-l-l-r-a-d-8-2 and um my vimeo handle if you're interested in checking out any of my film and video work is just uh, vimeo.com vimeo.com slash will rad awesome gosh so now at least we got that out of the way there but of course um before we go and all this stuff too one more thing, guys. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. Um, oh, yeah. No, thank because you. The thing that. is, it's it's such a pleasure to talk to you guys. And as you yeah. can see, like, we can go on talking forever and ever. Oh, oh no. We if, if we <laughs> didn't have lives outside of all this stuff, I'm sure all of us, it, it would be a bad idea for all of us to meet up together because oh, we would have to, no we'd have to just devote a whole day. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> just yeah. morning till night. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely, man. Ah. Although it'd be interesting to see me stay up that late because, you know, these days I have to wake up super early for work yep. and all that. But I would get over it because <laughs> I have a lot of fun. But you guys are, are so much fun to talk to. And I can't wait that we can get together again, which you know we will. There's no question about it. We've been talking about some ideas mm-hmm. already. And yep. I think your listeners are, you know, you're in for a big surprise. Yeah. <laughs> but um, in the meantime, thank you guys again for joining yeah. us. I'm Chris. You guys can find me on Instagram at xtoferovage. You can find me on Twitter at C, uh, CBC Monkey. I'm on Letterbox, but just follow Chad or Josh for you know how you can reach over to me because I forget my name on Letterboxd. Still not remember your. It's my brand. Moment. It's my brand. That's how I do it every in the show. Go ahead, Chad. Where can people find you, man? Uh, Instagram and the Tweety Box um, and Letterboxd. Uh, green screen grin. There we go. <laughs> See, all the same <laughs> streamlined minimal to the point there we go 
So listeners, thank you again for joining us. Josh, you better be here for the next conversation or something, or you're in trouble because these guys are starting to take it personally. I don't know if your guys' bandwidth can handle another person. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, don't forget to follow uh, the podcast, INF Movie Pod, uh, on all popular social platforms. (laughs) That's right. And then we got some great things coming up as well. So... um, Keep an eye out for that, and we'll see you guys we'll next time, all right? And then, Chad, you know how to end it. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm not doing the, <laughs> the thing. There you go. So are we going to talk about how much of a masterpiece Human Centipede is? Oh, man. And that's where we cut. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God.